Many times we almost feel guilty to find new friends and make time for new people because we say, well, what about the, the people that we've been with? You don't have to disconnect completely, but you do have to realize that they may not be pe- people that you want to put in your inner circle. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. Welcome, everyone, to the Mind Valley podcast. I'm recording this in front of a live audience right now, and uh, it is so exciting to see all the comments and the the chatter from people around the world. We have Long Beach, Chicago, Florida, Paris, Canada, Michigan, Kentucky, South Carolina, Tunisia, Barcelona, Germany. So welcome, everyone. And with me today is a guest that I've been waiting to get on the podcast for, for a while because I've been hearing so much about this man. His name is Tim Story. And Tim has a book out called The Miracle Mentality. But we'll come to that book in a moment. Here's what you need to know about Tim. And this is what astounded me. Tim is literally the coach to many of the biggest players and rock stars in LA. For example, Robert Downey Jr. Now, Robert Downey Jr. is the guy who plays Iron Man. He is my favorite actor by far. And this is what Robert Downey Jr. said about Tim. He said, Tim's story is the comeback coach. And if you know anything about Robert Downey's um, history, he had a massive comeback when he was made to play Tony Stark. Quincy Jones, Quincy Jones is a man who has won multiple Grammy Awards. He said, Tim is the voice of encouragement to our generation. And then there is Oprah Winfrey, called him her self-help guru. So with so many brilliant people that he serves, with so many brilliant minds that rely on Tim for wisdom, for growth, for comebacks, for helping them move away from and and recover from pain and stress and the inevitable bumps that life gives you. We're so excited to have you here on a podcast, Tim. What a privilege. And um, I love your introduction. And I love the idea that we have a live audience. Live is good. And it's, yeah, you know what, Tim? I found that having a live audience, it brings out the best in our guest because it's not just a recording. You're actually here serving people in real time. And almost everyone that I bring to this podcast, their mission in the world is to deliver wisdom. It's to help people. And I, I think it comes off best when uh, we, we directly see the comments, the thoughts, the interactions of the people we are serving. Yes. So Tim, tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get in this field? Uh, I was born and raised in Los Angeles, California. So I'm, I'm actually from Compton, which I think is a cool place. That's where Dr. Dre's from, Kendrick Lamar, the Williams sisters. So um, raised in a lower income family, we had uh, seven people in a two bedroom apartment, which is very cramped and crowded. But it's amazing that even in the midst of being cramped and crowded, we still had a lot of humor. We had a lot of energy, a lot of belief. And I knew even at a, a young age that I was supposed to do something to help change people's lives. And uh, I'll just tell you just briefly, When I was in the sixth grade, there was a teacher that asked me to stay after class. I stayed after class and this teacher said to me, "Uh, Tim Story, uh, I want to see if you want to read one of my books from my personal library because I think you are brilliant. And I had never heard this in my entire life. My mother was too busy and my father to call me brilliant. (laughs) And so I ended up checking out a book from him on the life of Michelangelo. 
So could you imagine a, a young kid from Compton, California, lower income family starts to read and reading about other brilliant people took me to brilliant places. What was, in addition to Michelangelo, what was someone who inspired you? I would say that I was very moved by music is that if, if you have a cramped and crowded environment, you know, you can go to the television, but there's only, you know, one television and everybody wants to watch it. But our family was moved by music. So we were listening to Stevie Wonder, Smokey Robinson, Marvin Gaye, Aretha Franklin, Diana Ross and the Supremes. And I, I promise you that music moved me and still plays a, a real, real important uh, place in my life. It, it triggers me into a better space. I love that you say that. You know, I'm, I'm just a, as a side note, I'm sick with COVID right now. And part of my recovery ritual is to watch inspirational movies every night because I've been holed up in my apartment now for nine days straight. Haven't seen another human being. Tonight, I'm watching the movie Respect about about Aretha Franklin. Yes. Um, I, I get so inspired by by the stories of these these musicians. Now, what is interesting about you, though, is that you don't just look at these people and get inspired by them. You inspire them. Now, I, I heard through the grapevine, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but I heard through the grapevine that you work with people like Kanye West. Yes, for 15 years. So I think that, you know, like all of us in life, some things you decide, some things you discover. Mm -hmm. And so what happened to me when I was in high school, I was 16 years of age and a friend of mine named Kathy was reading a book on the life of Mother Teresa. Mm -hmm. And I asked her about this book. Why are you reading this book? And she says, Tim, I think you will really like this. You know, you love people. And so after she was done, I read this book. And I read this book about this lady. She had one plan for her life. She was going to continue to be a nun and a teacher. But she heard the cry of the orphans. And I tell you what, that changed my life. And so I ended up going to seminary. And I got a doctorate in world religion and a master's in therapy. And that's how it started. But I, I never thought that I was going to, you know, help P. Diddy and Kanye West and Kim Kardashian and Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton. That's not where I thought my life was going. I've been to 75 countries of the world doing humanitarian work. Wow. And so it was in my early 20s at about 23 that I was doing a lot of humanitarian work where celebrities started finding out about me. And it was like mega people like Vidal Sassoon. It was mega people like Quincy Jones, like Barry Gordy, who founded Motown. And, and it was those people that just lifted me up and gave me a platform around the world and a lot to celebrities. I love that. I love that story. That's so inspirational, especially for a kid that came out of Compton. Yes. Now, what were you doing on these humanitarian missions? How were you serving the world on these missions? I was, you know, I think it's all about skill set. And, and my skill set is to educate people. I think that there's three primary ways people learn. Education, conversation, like we're doing today, and observation. So I would go into predominantly third world nations and go and speak in orphanages, and I'd also like to go where people were struggling with addiction, addiction centers. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, starting at age 20, and I would go there and educate people about you don't have to get stuck in an almost life. Almost means not quite, nearly, sort of. I almost made it. I almost got happy. But you can live an utmost life. And I began to bring steps to uh, people. And the beautiful thing is I saw it working. I, I saw the look in their eyes. I saw the 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 skip in their step and, and and I saw changes over the years. So you once said, you once said something really interesting. You said, 
I get to life coach people who live in $48 million mansions, and they have the same problem as someone in a one-bedroom apartment. They may just be amplified, but they are very similar. Let's talk about that. How are these problems similar? And what is your advice to these people and to all of us here? I think that, like, for instance, you know, with Kanye, I've been with him 15 years. So Kanye West could be like the nicest, nicest guy in the world. I remember when he was designing a, a tennis shoe for Bape. And um, it was when I first met him and he, he said, how's your son again? And I told him and he says, I'm going to get I'm going to get him some Bape shoes. And I remember him like going out of his way to do that for my son. And then Kanye can actually draw real well. And so he drew a picture for my son and said, give this to your son. And he, he just really wanted to know more about my son and my daughter and my mother. But but yet let Kanye West have an altercation outside of the Soho house like he did just a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody knows about. It. So it's, it's similar problems, but everything is amplified. I, I can remember a time uh, with Robert Downey Jr., who's really like a real brother since 1999. We are we are brothers. And we do prison reform together. Uh, he put me on the board when he first started this. And we we went into a restaurant and it was uh, it was nighttime, but it was not dark yet. We went in this restaurant. We were just dialoguing and we came out and there was so many paparazzi. It was like, and just like Robert would say, he, he turned to me and he says, oh, I forgot I was in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> so similar problems, but everything's amplified. Yeah. Well, I, I, I love that you do such good work, and I, I, I love the story of how you began. Now, let's talk about your upcoming book, The Miracle Mentality. What is a miracle mentality? So to me, a miracle is something that is extraordinary. So it's something extra. It is unusual. It is uncommon. It is not regular. It is not normal. So where I got the idea for this book is I was in South Africa speaking in the in the townships and I was speaking to a group of from five to eight years of age. When you want to see some brilliance, talk to five, six, seven and eight year olds because they still got that sense. No one's no one's really broken their 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 innocence. And I was saying, what do you guys want to be when you get older? And they were saying things like "Uh, the king, uh, a queen, uh, a president. A, a little black girl. I'm going to be Beyonce, uh, another <laughs> boy, uh, LeBron James. And and I said, look at this. These kids have a miracle mentality. And as you know, a mentality is a mindset, a point of view, a vantage point. And I said, we have to get back into alignment with that innocence and step back into little Timmy from Compton and keep my miracle mentality. And so that's how the book begin. Okay. So in the book, you say, well, in on your webpage, which is storey.com, you say during during challenging times, toxic thoughts can drag us into a mindset that's mundane, messy, and mad. Now, all of us are going through challenging times right now, right? Um, Pandemic is is not over yet. Um, Multiple people are sick and um, there's still this uncertainty about the world. What is your best advice for all of us who are going through this, this interesting time in human history? I think it's important to realize that life is not just black and white, but many times it's, it's, it's very gray. And I, I think that, you know, when you're little, you think, okay, wrong, right, 
And that's what you got. Up, down, that's what you got. But life can be very, very great. And I feel that we were all going and just minding our own business. We had momentum. And then we heard about this thing called COVID-19. And I I remember telling a, a famous agent in Beverly Hills, I said, oh, this they'll, they'll figure this out. It, it, it'll probably pass real soon. And, and she said to me, don't, don't be so certain, Tim. I'm, I'm hearing from people this could really be something. So what I believe the pandemic has become is what I call a life interruption. It is a life interruption and in that we have this momentum and a, a life interruption happens. Uh, an interruption is a disturbance. It's a knock on the door that we did not expect. Mm-hmm. So when most people have a life interruption, what happens is they sit in that interruption and they settle in that interruption. And I think we've seen so many of our friends get discouraged. And in the midst of a pandemic, they just decided to sit and settle in the interruption. But but I believe that in those disturbing times, in the challenges, we can turn this time into a library and a sanctuary, a library of learning and a sanctuary of getting deeper. What do you mean by a sanctuary of getting deeper and a library of learning? Okay, let me give you an example. So right now you're quarantined, okay? So you are now in a sanctuary because you need to be. You're going to be alone in your thoughts more than usual. And so it's it's a beautiful time to to meditate, to pray, to stop, look and listen. Because as you know, I think most people are human doings rather than human beings. Mm-hmm. So I think in this time of a quarantine, just even in your own life, you, you could take the time to, to be on what I call the holy ground, because outside of the space you're in is a bit of a battleground. So to me, that's the sanctuary. The, 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 the sanctuary is the strength of so many people. And um, the library is deciding to watch the Aretha Franklin story because you're going to see Jennifer Hudson do an amazing job of a, of a young lady who got pregnant at about 13 years of age, uh, then gets pregnant again at about 15 years of age. Looks like she's going to sit in a setback, but she is discovered and becomes the queen of soul. So to me, that is the library of learning. You are absolutely right. You know, like there's a part of me that's frustrated because I've been in isolation for nine days. My doctor said I can't meet human beings again until Friday um, because I was I was diagnosed with COVID Monday. Haven't even been able to see my kids. This is the longest in which I haven't seen my kids maybe in the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. I've not had human contact and I found that it's really been messing with my emotions. Um, I feel a little bit more negative, a little bit more irritable than I normally am. Um, but one of the things I did that's really been helping me is just sitting with a glass of red wine at night after I've done my writing and everything else and just watching an inspiring movie. And this sanctuary and this library idea is powerful. And now, interestingly enough, I find that I'm coming out of this isolation period, but I'm starting to miss it. I'm kind of bummed that tomorrow is my last day in complete isolation and I have to meet human beings again. And there's reason for that. The real you of of who you really are is is longing to to learn, to grow and develop. And and mostly when you start to do well in life, you're you're being pulled on so much that you don't make the, the choice to say, you know what? I'm going to my sanctuary. I am going to my library. I'm turning the phone off. I'm 
not going to engage with people for a little bit. So if I was life coaching you just for a minute, I say we now take this into your life even a little more and that we take at least one day a week where we hide you maybe in that same room and we go Mm -hmm. right back into that library and in that sanctuary. Because I will say this to you, like the things that I've learned, I never knew that I would speak them on stages of 30,000 people, 50,000 people. My largest crowd is 85,000 people. I just thought I was just learning these things so I could grow. I didn't know I was learning these things so I can help empower people. Very interesting. Yes, yes. Very, very true. Now, I want to I turn the topic back to your book. In The Miracle Mentality, um, there are a couple of steps that you speak about. I'm, uh, I'm going to mention the names of some of these steps. Feel free to dive into any of these topics and let's let's give the audience a taste because I also want to encourage people to check out your website, timstory.com, S-T-O-R-E-Y. Um, all of you know how to spell Tim. And then um, the book is called The Miracle Mentality. Now, a couple of things you mentioned in the book. You talk about becoming awake. You talk about the inventory of your life. You talk about partnering with the right people who have a miracle mentality. You talk about the right principles, persistence, and um, and finally, the concept of the miracle mentality itself. Feel free to dive into any of these topics and let's expand them for our live audience here for a moment. I life coach people, as you know, and here's what I find is that when they are going through a dilemma, there are certain stages that, that help them in principles to get back on track. And so number one is to become awake and that is to become conscious. And I, I feel like sometimes, again, that a lot of women that are watching right now, a lot of men, you guys get so busy that it's almost as though you are sleepwalking through a month, sleepwalking through six months, sleepwalking through uh, a year. I I was talking to a a guy the other day and he thought it was 2021. And I go, no, you know, we switched now. It's 2022. And he goes, oh my God, where's the time going? because he's kind of like sleepwalking. So number one, you have to become awake. Number two, you have to take inventory. So again, this isolation that you're going through is causing you to take inventory. Inventory of watch. Where's my mindset? Where's the clarity of my mind? Where's the strength of my mind? Where's my spirit? How's my spirit? How's my physical body? How's my job? Do I really like it? How are my finances? How's my family really doing? How's my social life? Do I have a social life? So number one, become awake. Number two, you take inventory. Number three, here's what's so powerful. You have to partner with the right people. And this is where I think most people miss it. And we've heard it before. Some people are with us for a reason, a season, and a lifetime. One of the challenging things in life is we thought all our childhood friends would remain with us into our 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond. But sometimes life, allows people to come in and those to go out. So you have to partner with the right people. You're looking for people that can handle your upgrade because the deeper you get, you're going to upgrade. You're going to graduate. You're going to go to new places. You have to be around people that can handle your upgrade, that have a similar mindset and similar motives. I love that. Be around people who can handle your upgrade. Recently, a friend of mine, um, put up a, shared a little quote on Instagram that I really, really, really love. I started using it in Mind Valley. So Leia, if you, if you hear this, I'm talking about you, Leia. And the quote was along the lines of grow so fast that your friends who haven't kept in touch have to get to know you all over again. 
Ooh. I love that. I love that. And I find that the people I love being around are people who are constantly growing. You know, so many of my friends right now, they are, they are successful in their lives, uh, in their careers. But surprisingly, a lot of them are doing coaching certifications uh, because, you know, you can only learn so much when you read books. So many of them are doing coaching certifications and they don't even really plan on being needing to make money as a coach. That's not yeah. their interest. Yeah. They're doing these coaching certifications because they just want to grow. They want to they get certified as a fitness instructor because they know that in the process, they're going to become mega fit. A bunch of my friends right now are doing Mind Valley's life coaching certification, and they have no intention to teach it because they are so successful on their own. They're entrepreneurs, they're engineers, but they're doing it because they want to understand their own minds as best as they can. And I love being around people like that. I find that my entire life, my happiest moments are when I'm with people who co-elevate me. It's why I start festivals like AFES or Mind Valley University, which, by the way, is happening in Estonia, and I'm going to be uh, inviting you to speak at that. It's because all of these people come together, and these are all people dedicated to their personal growth. And when you bring these people together into a room, it's it's magic. There's like an explosion of positivity It's and, and happiness and bliss. And I think that many times we almost feel guilty to find new friends and make time for new people because we say, well, what about the, the people that we've been with? You don't have to disconnect completely, but you do have to realize that they may not be pe- people that you want to put in your inner circle. Let me give you an example. So if me, you, and Oprah Winfrey went and spoke at a conference, they would say, okay, so there's your green room, there's your green room, and there's your green room. So all three of us would have a green room. And you know that in a green room, we get to invite whoever we want. Right. I feel like too many people have the wrong people in their green room. The green room is that place of intimacy. Before I'm about to go give a big talk, I only want the right people in my green room. How powerful is this? So the question is, as you are trying to have a comeback in every area of your life, as you are trying to escalate, have a miracle mentality, who is in your green room? Can they handle who you are now and where you are going? And that is what the universe gave me. The universe gave Tim's story friendships with like Videl Sassoon, who would say to me, hey, Tim, there's a little diner on Cannon Drive, you know, Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's just meet there at eight in the morning and let's just talk. Next thing you know, it was once a month. Then it was people like Quincy Jones. Tim, come up to the house in Bel Air. You, you, you're doing some amazing things, but I, I want to tweak you a little bit. I want to I want to work with you a little bit. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine the Quincy Jones <laughs> who produced Thriller with Michael Jackson and has done so many things? He would work with me and tweak with me and say, Tim, you're so good, but we have we have to create your voice, your tone, your manner. To, to every great musician, they had a tone, they had a, a way, they had a manner. My, my life was changed. Wow. By the power of partnership. I was changed. That, that is so amazing. I met I met Quincy Jones once. Um, such an incredible guy, such an incredible man. I, I remember him most for writing the lyrics to the fresh the the theme song for the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It was sure like did. the one yes. song <laughs> I, I couldn't get out of my head when I was a teenager. But yeah. I'm curious when you're working with someone like Quincy. So what did you learn from Quincy Jones? What did he tweak about you? Okay, this is this is a great story of the Quincy Jones. We were working on a show, and um, 
you know, Oprah has always been great to me. And we were going to do a Tim story talk show that was not uh, like Oprah's, but it was going to be different. And so, so Quincy gave me an assignment and he said, um, here's what I want you to do by tomorrow. I want you to tell me what your show is going to be about. And I want it to be three pages. I was feeling pressure. Okay. So I went to a friend of mine's office. Who's quite famous. This lady, she's a producer. And in her office was a lady who wrote a well-known movie. And I was telling him that Quincy Jones had an assignment. And so the lady who wrote the movie said, oh, Tim, you're not a writer. Let, let me help you with this idea. And I go, no, he wanted me to do it. She goes, no, 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 no. You're not a writer. Let, let, me, let, me, let me help you write this. It's a true story. So I felt a little bit off, but the lady was older than me and I thought more powerful than me and had written a, a well-known movie. And so she she got in there and we spent like two hours. And then she said, but if the show works, I want to get cut in. So there was a bit of an angle. So now I go to Quincy Jones house the next day and he reads the first page like this. Watch. It's about 12 midnight. I'm at his house. And then watch what he does. He goes like this and he throws it. And I said, oh, that's interesting. Then he reads the second page of, of this show that I was supposed to create. And he goes like this. Watch. And he, and, he, and he throws the second page. Then he reads the third page and he gets it like this. And he says, who wrote this? And I said, uh, well, I was feeling pressure. And this lady, <laughs> and I named her name. He said, get out of my house. <laughs> he kicked me out of his house. And I started walking down the stairs of this big mansion in Bel Air. And I thought it was going to be like if you argue with your girlfriend that he was going to say, wait, stop. I don't mean it. Don't 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 leave the house completely. And I just kept walking. He, he kicked me out of his house. So then he called me the next day. He says, Tim, don't you ever do that again? He said, you downgraded your thought life. You downgraded who I think you are by handing over an assignment I gave you. I gave you the assignment. Because I needed your mind and your spirit, and you downgraded yourself by handing it to somebody else. What a lesson. Wow. I am never messing up a homework assignment from someone like Quincy Jones again. Do you, can you imagine? Because I, I love him so much. I look up to him for him to read it. Watch, take it, and then say, get out. But I, I tell you, in some strange way, that was some real big brother love. He, he loved me so much, he said, Tim. That they they can't they can't teach the instincts you have, but you gotta you gotta get deeper. He calls me little brother, little brother. You gotta get deeper, and by handing away the assignment, that wasn't getting deeper. I love that story. So I want to bring up a member of the audience. So this person, Kevin Moreau, you have the leading question right now. So we're gonna bring Kevin Moreau live on stage. Kevin, I uh, hope you have a camera and audio ready because I want you to articulate your question to Tim. You ready to come up, Kevin? Hello. Hi, Kevin. Where in the world are you? I'm actually in Ciudad de Mexico, uh, Mexico City. Nice to meet you. I'm going to give you the floor for you to ask your question to Tim. All right. Thank you. So um, nice meeting you, Tim. Very Good first. to see you. And yeah, I would love to know your input about uh, when you in your life, you get a really bad uh, setback, like burnout, depression, that kind of thing that is so awfully common these days. Um, so what would you what would be your 
best, most powerful advice for someone to recover from such a bad time? Yes, this is a, I wrote a book called Comeback and Beyond, how to turn your setbacks to comebacks, okay? okay. And so, so number one, I think we need to realize that setbacks happen, whether it be in the area of our health, in the area of relationships, our jobs. So we, we can't look at any form of a setback as something that's foreign. We have to know that in life, There are problems, there are situations that are setbacks. So when you have a setback, the first thing you have to do, as we were talking earlier, is you, you have to wake up because it's, it's easy if you, let's say, go through a breakup to just want to put the blankets over your head and just somehow get through life. But you have to wake up. Secondly, as I said earlier, you take inventory. Thirdly, and again, it's so important to partner with the right people. So if the setback is in relationships, Get around people that can help you in the area of relationships. If the setback is in your health, get around people that can help you with your health. If your setback is in your mindset, get around people that can help you in your mindset. If your setback is an addiction, I work a lot in the addiction space, get around people that can help you in the addiction. And so there's actually, a, in, in the Bible, there's a, there's a Bible verse that says, pity the person who when he falls, he has no one to pick him up. And it's very important you get around people that can help pick you up. Okay? Nice talking to you. Thanks for your excellent advice. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you for that beautiful question. Tim, what is your biggest advice for all of us listening here as we are kind of stepping back out into the post-COVID world? Most likely, this thing is going to end this year, but the world is going to change as a result. So many uncertainties, so many things which are going to be very different from February 2020. What is your advice as we step into this world? Number one, great question, because as you know, we've been on hold. And so there's two things that we go through at all times. One is recovery. The second is discovery. When we're kids, we're primarily in the discovery zone. So I did a lot of research about how kids like to play because it puts them in a state of mind where they can use their imagination, they can use their joy, their energy. So for a lot of us, we were in a playful time and then this pandemic hit and we went into a time of recovery, trying to get through the fact that some people got COVID, friends died of COVID, uh, just a lot of challenging things happened even with people's jobs. So I think it's very important to realize that we've been in the recovery zone But now we have to pay attention to the discovery zone. Most people do not do recovery and discovery at the same time. They're either all discovery and no recovery or all recovery and not doing discovery. So I think we can recover from the pain that we've been through, the past and the present, but we need to be open to new, beautiful things. And the way I say it in my book, we have to be open to things that are different, better, and more magical. Can you imagine that the next year of our life can be different, better, and more magical. Things that you've never seen before can happen in your life. People that you've never met, relationships you've never had, jobs that you've never done. Some of you may write a book. Some of you may write a movie. Some of you may write a script. So you have to go back into that discovery zone and be ready for the different, better, and more magical. I love that. The different, better, and more magical. Yes. So it sounds like this, this is the essence of what you mean by the miracle mindset. Where do we go wrong when we are striving for miracles? Yes. So 
uh, I was sitting in Oprah Winfrey's backyard. We were just dialoguing as friends. And she said to me, Tim, I love this thing that you say that you don't believe in chasing anything. And that's really the truth. Like I am this laid back. And when you see me, if you saw me tomorrow, I promise you I'm this laid back. You know, we have, we have a mutual friend, Jeffrey Perlman. He'll tell you I'm this laid back because I'm not chasing anything. I'm cooperating with what the universe has already said. Oprah said, I love what you say, Tim. We don't have to chase. We just have to cooperate with what the universe has already said. I believe when I was little Timmy from Compton, the universe had already spoken over me that I would go to over 75 countries of the world and influence tens of millions of people. I've never chased it. I simply cooperate. Gosh, I love that. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely love that. You know, Tim, in, in my in my first book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind, I, I tell a story of a time I was going through a lot of stress in business. And an old friend of mine, Professor Sri Kumar Rao, who's a famous MBA teacher who brings in wisdom from the East into his MBA teachings, he told me to just calm the heck down, not in so many words. And he said, I just want you to, I want to read this poem to you. And the poem he read illustrates exactly what you said. So I want to read out the poem here. Yes. Uh, to everyone yeah. listening. It's by the Rumi. Uh, the Rumi was a 13th century uh, poet in the Middle East. And he said, okay. when I run after what I think I want, my days are a furnace of stress and anxiety. If I sit in my own place of patience, what I need flows to me and without pain. From this, I understand that what I want also wants me, is looking for me and attracting me. There is a great secret here for anyone who can grasp it. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. You know, in all my readings, I have not heard that. And now I will implement that into my life. That is beautiful. And as you know, when you don't chase, there is a peace that can come to your life. You are absolutely right. There's a peace because there's there's, there's a knowing that your miracle is already in motion. Like so many of you that are watching and listening right now, you might be in a difficult situation, but I think your next miracle is already in motion. I think that right now you're listening to a conversation that you've been waiting for for weeks, but that miracle was in motion and it landed today. So let's let's talk about that, Tim, because I'm, I'm, I'm curious, how does one get into the state? Now, why it's so interesting asking you this question is because You've sat down with Oprah Winfrey. You've sat down with Kanye West. You've sat down with Robert Downey Jr. All of these people who have done things that millions of people aspire to do. Are they actually living life like this? Yes. So I was recently four days straight with P. Diddy at his house Mm -hmm. and just going at it as brothers and dialoguing about things that he has done, but things that are interesting to him now. And I think that What I see in creatives is that there's a longing to continue to stay in that path of creativity. But what what stops us many times is these life interruptions, whether it be a relationship challenge or a health challenge or uh, a challenge with your staff. And so I think the state that I help, let's say a P. Diddy or anybody that I work with to, to, to help them get back into is back into that place of creativity when you're playing again don't forget about children how they want to play like 
okay, you have to eat, you tell your child, but then can I play? But yeah, but then you have to go to school, but then can I play? But yeah, but then you got to clean your room, but then can I play? We need, we need some play time and we need some play dates. It's, it's, it's so interesting that you said that. And we have Sadhguru on the uh, Mind Valley podcast. Sadhguru is like one of the biggest spiritual teachers in India. And consistently, so he has a program on Mind Valley, and consistently in the program, he talks about playfulness and bliss, playfulness and bliss, playfulness and bliss. It's so interesting um, that that theme keeps coming back. But I guess what I'm trying to reconcile, Tim, is, is this idea. So let's talk about Einstein. There's this interesting article in, that came out in Inc. magazine. So recently, there was a bellboy, uh, not a bellboy, but the descendants of a bellboy who served Einstein 100 years ago. And uh, the descendants sold a note that Einstein had given their great, 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 great grandfather. Einstein was checking into a hotel in, in Germany. And um, he was impressed enough with the bellboy and Einstein being Einstein, I guess he knew he was going to be a big freaking deal. He gave the bellboy a signed note as a tip. Now that signed note, like a hundred years later was sold, not a hundred, but maybe 70 years later was sold for 1.5 million euros. So this is significant. Now the note said this, a calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. Amazing. A calm and modest life brings more happiness than the pursuit of success combined with constant restlessness. Tim, I'm having a hard time seeing things as Einstein sees it, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this. I think it's 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 complete brilliance because I think that it's not like we need 101 great ideas. One great idea can change a person's entire life. And because I'm around hit makers, and so are you, mm-hmm. when Motown was working, the whole idea was we only release hits. In fact, if you look at Motown on the outside of the old building, it said Hitsville, USA. And so the, the Barry Gordy said to Smokey Robinson, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, all we're looking for guys to get you launched is one hit. So powerful. I think people are so distracted, they're looking for 10 hits. All I need from you is one hit because that break creates a breakthrough. That break creates a breakthrough. And so maybe that one hit could be your writing skill. It could be your listening skill. You as a psychologist, a psychiatrist, you as an inventor, you as a coach, one hit can open up a break that becomes a breakthrough for you, your children, and your children's children. I see what you're saying. You're not talking about a one hit as writing that one perfect book, that one perfect song, right? Like like Rita Franklin did. You're talking about that one hit, meaning a one superpower, something about us that we are uniquely gifted at. 100%. And in, in, in the Bible, there's a scripture that says, Do you see a man skilled at his work? He will serve in the presence of kings. My superpower is that I know how to untie a knot. I remember I had Converse tennis shoes as a kid, the white ones. And I got a a really tight knot. And so I came to my mother. I must have been maybe eight. I says, mom, I said, can you get the scissors and cut the knot? And she goes, no, no, no. You don't need to cut the scissors with the scissors. Let me untie it. Put your foot up here. So I put it up on the chair. Watch. 
And she just went like this and she untied the knot. And I thought, oh, she must have untied knots before. Tim's story skill set that has taken me to the world is I am a master at untying people's knots. If they are in a dilemma, they come to me. (laughs) And little Timmy from Compton learned how to listen to people and help them get through their situation. And that took me around the world. And it took me to now talking to you. I love that, Tim. I love that. This has been such a fun conversation. I hope to do this over lunch sometime without, I of guess, course. 308 people listening live. I, I look I forward to it. The really, the really interesting questions. Tim, what does it take uh, for someone to hire you as a coach or work with you? I, I do. And I, and I do it because I, I love people and I will, I will continue to coach people. Um, I, I, there's certain people I've coached and I've coached them for 28 years straight. So if, if you want to coach with me, um, just uh, go to timstory.com as, as he said, mm-hmm. uh, S T O R E Y or just DM me. I'm very down to earth. DM me on Instagram and one of my people will get back to you. But I, I'm, can I just brag on mind Valley? Cause so many of my friends are, uh, being inspired, changed, educated, built up. Thank you for putting your heart, your mind, your soul, your finances into helping to change millions of people around the world. And uh, I'm very thankful and grateful for you. Thank you, Tim. Well, in front of everybody, I want to say I want to. I want to be part of the Mind Valley family because you're changing lives. And there's so many good people that are trapped in a difficult place. And so it'll be a privilege to, to, to work with you. So, you know, Tim, you're talking about people's um, one hit, right? That one hit. You know what it is for me? And I, I realized it recently. I'm a human connector. Like my one hit is I connect people to people. Beautiful. When I, the reason, the reason I, I, I conduct festivals, the reason I do things like Mind Valley University is because thousands of people come together and it's, it's weird. It's like you meet your soulmate. You meet the person you're meant to start a business with. And then I work with authors and somehow they get on the platform and millions of people who need to hear their voice or need to be inspired by them, meet them through mind value. And so I find that if I try doing anything else outside this zone of genius, it's like the universe comes and like slaps me down. Yes. But every time I focus on bridging the gap between human beings, everything goes magically right. I love this. I love it. Yeah. What? And because as, as a collective, it's amazing what we can do when we begin to collaborate. Because even what you said about with Rumi, with that beautiful reading, so I've never heard that. That just impacted me. And I'm going to be able to help someone else by something you just gave to me today. Thank you. That's great to know. Well, we're going to be in touch. Now, um, for everyone, if you were touched by today's conversation, definitely, definitely learn more about Tim's story. And here's how you can learn more. Firstly, Follow Tim on Instagram. His Instagram is incredible. He's got over a million followers. And the link is Tim Story Official. Tim Story Official. T-I-M-S-T-O-R-E-Y Official. And then check out Tim's website, timstory.com. On the website, you can learn about the book, The Miracle Mentality, which you can get on Amazon. Now, Tim has written two previous books, Come Back and Beyond how to turn your setbacks into comebacks that came out in 2015 and then utmost living creating and savoring your best life now 
that came out in 2008. Tim, which is a good book for someone to, to start with when it comes to understanding you and your work? I would say Miracle Mentality, the latest book. So that's been out 11 months. And I really like it because I feel like I, I got very honest about even some of the things in my life that I felt undone. And in the midst of those undone times, I had to maintain my own miracle mentality. So I, I love this book. It's helping a lot of people. The Miracle Mentality. Yes. Thank you, Tim. And Tim, I can't wait to see you at a future Mind Valley event on stage or perhaps as one of our authors. I look forward to it. And what a privilege. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Lakiani, and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.